So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Hitting record. I'm recording. I'm recording. Okay, welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwaves, semicolon. Uh, housekeeping. I mean, house. like, out of our house, as in not the cleaning and cleaning of your house. Or talking. I mean, I guess we talk about that. Um, yeah. I don't know. There, this, this is yet untitled, but I'm sure it will be titled. Um, yep. Whoever you are, all we have to say about your housekeeping is that you're not doing good enough. Try harder. Oh, harsh. <laughs> <laughs> We can also say before we get any further that my standards for keeping a clean house are like impossibly high. Yes. So don't listen to anything that I say about it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, a really good friend of ours that you and I know in common yes. had um, mentioned that they had someone come and professionally clean their house because they get um, it. They just do a, a more thorough job than I, this person has time to do on their own, which I completely understand. Uh-huh. Um, I myself am obsessive about cleaning. And so I would not trust people who I'm paying to do as good a job about it because I'm sure. like, oh, they're just doing it for money. Whereas I really feel it. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> so like, I'm sorry to say, like I've been struggling a little bit with housekeeping at my own house because we've been moving stuff around so much and doing so much work on the house that it's hard to keep it clean and the standard to which i usually live up to um includes being able to eat off any surface like the floor or a table next to you or i mean probably not the toilet because i'm not that obsessive but maybe like the edge of the bathtub uh (laughs) right (laughs) but but, uh point being like i keep my house obsessively clean it's yeah possibly a problem i don't know that's funny. I um I like my standard for cleanliness is uh, uh, definitely lower for you in a lot of regards except for the toilet. Like oh. <laughs> I I feel that I would I I mean I would never like wantonly eat off my toilet, but generally generally speaking if someone showed up and said, "Hey, look, today's the day we got to eat off your toilet." I'd probably be like, "Well, it could be worse." I keep that thing pretty, pretty clean. Um, I just don't like I of all the places in my house, like the other kinds of dirt. That's the dirt dirtiness that I don't like to have hanging around. Um, Like I'm not averse to it. Like it's fine. Like if there's shit and pee and whatever, like it happens. I just want it cleaned up, you know? Right. Um, right. Whereas other things in my house, it's like, eh, it's okay. Um, It's fine. Yeah. Mostly clutter is my issue rather than cleanliness, but I'm getting there as yeah. I've, as you've helped. We've, uh, we've that's, I think that's super true. Like perched. you have, you have one of the cleanest houses I've ever been in, um, outside of my own because you keep it like your issue is not with like things being dirty. It's an issue with like, Oh, where's this thing going to go live now? Yeah. Yeah. It has much more to do with my ADHD and the fact that like, that doesn't mean that it can't lead to disasters where it's like, there's so much clutter that, um, like food becomes a clutter, but I've, I've tried really hard not to, cause that's a thing that times out really quickly. 
yes. <laughs> you know, three days later, that goes from being a clutter of food on the counter to a rotting pile of like nuisance and critter attraction. So generally like food and human yep. bodily waste, those things get, get prioritized in my, <laughs> in my mind. Um, uh, how long has that poop been there? <laughs> right. <laughs> What's the expiration date on this poop? Yeah. <laughs> so um but my, yeah yeah go ahead oh i was gonna try and get onto the topic that we haven't even actually gotten onto yet but that's okay well Keep i going. have another detour before yes we do that. detour detour so, go here's a funny thing about housekeeping yeah. about the house that me uh, me and my brother grew up in yeah it was also never like dirty like for instance you could lick a countertop in the kitchen and be relatively safe like, sure it's yeah. fine yeah but um there was a there was also an issue of like clutter and just letting things go longer than they should like yeah i don't know it was kind of just there were things that migrated around the house but never got put away sort of thing um anyway my brother and i i think because we grew up in that um ha have both become like obsessive people about keeping our stuff like oh this lives here put it there this lives here put it away there there everything's in its right spot um and i suspect it's because we grew up in the same conditions but um i can't say for certain because we're very very different in pretty much every other regard yeah well anyway we do have a similar sense of humor from time to time like where you and i can just transition into joking and transition back out of it without anybody noticing right and have and a fight so, in the middle there and then keep going yeah. right yeah yeah so uh we were in my mom's kitchen uh -huh. as adults one day and my mom had these like ancient bananas on the countertop uh-huh and we had been like we had either watched together randomly or had been talking about the television show Hoarders. And mm, there mm -hmm. was a woman on one episode of Hoarders who had had a kitchen that was like completely unusable because it, every surface was covered by something or maybe several things stacked on top of each other. And it was like just, just like unsanitary yeah. um, at that point, as these situations tend to get unfortunately. And so this woman was talking with the, the therapist who had come to help her process through some of the stuff. And the therapist just asked her the qu question like, okay, and what's, what's this on the counter here? Uh -huh. And asked her to kind of like walk her through why she decided to keep certain things, et cetera, et cetera. And the lady was like, well, that's a pumpkin, but it wasn't, it was just a puddle where a pumpkin had disintegrated into itself. Uh -huh. And so the, um, the therapist was like, that's a pumpkin. Okay. Why are you saving it yeah. still? And she's like, well, I'm going to make pumpkin pie out of it. Uh-huh. Yes. And my mom thought this was like, not hilarious, but was just like totally disconnected from how somebody could, like she was unempathetic to that situation. Right. Like, right. Right. Just lets a pumpkin disintegrate on their car top. So sometime after that, I can't remember how long, not too long or it wouldn't have been relevant and fresh in our minds. Matt and I are standing in my mom's kitchen yeah. as adults and my brother goes, Hey, what's up with all these, all these um, bananas on the countertop? And my mom's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, they're really old. Why are you saving them? <laughs> and she goes, and he like looks at me like he does the side eye, Yeah, you know? And I was like, here we go. And he goes, what are you saving them for? And she's like, well, I'm going to make banana bread. And he's like, uh-huh. And I said, just like that lady was going to make pumpkin pie. And my mom's like, oh, this is different. And we're like, no, it's not. <laughs> we had a good laugh over that. Yeah. <laughs> she did it, but we did. Yeah, that's pretty hilarious. So uh, can you tell me what you're going to use these bananas for? <laughs> uh, I That's one thing I have appreciated about my dad over the years is that he 
um, when you point out the hypocrisy, he's he's usually capable of seeing it and appreciating it as well, <laughs> as opposed to lots of people who just wouldn't, you know, they're just like, he's definitely got things that he will just never acknowledge, um, you know, but that generally speaking, like that situation, he'd be like, yeah, I guess you're right. And then we'd like throw the bananas away or something. But yeah. anyway, um, yeah, it's pretty My funny. mom told us to fuck you one time when we were helping her move a couch out of the basement because it was really heavy Ooh. and it was really huge. It was like one of those pull-out bed couches. Yeah, they're just like, massive tons of weight. My, yeah. <laughs> my mom was at the top end, my brother's at the bottom end, and I was like halfway up, like helping steer it. Uh-huh. And we were coming up the basement stairs and we got stuck in like wedged in the hallway. Uh-huh. And I was like on the side of the couch, like, I can't breathe. <laughs> And Matt was at the bottom laughing at me, which made me laugh. And then I couldn't laugh and I couldn't hold up the couch anymore. And Matt was laughing so hard he couldn't hold it up. So we had to set it down and we like scratched some of the paint off the wall, uh-huh. which was like just latex paint on top of other latex. Paint. Yes. But the yeah. bottom layer of latex paint was like that high gloss enamel uh-huh. and they hadn't like scuffed it or sanded it or anything. So the top layer of just was paint peels off adhere. right away. Yes. Peels off. And so we started laughing really hard about that because it could became a comedy of errors and at that point my mom was so pissed off at us laughing at the situation instead of helping her that she was like oh fuck you and that made us laugh really uh- <laughs> and then she got even more mad yeah i bet i bet that's pretty funny yeah so that's my uh that's housekeeping your... backstories uh-huh yeah which have nothing to do with the issue of housekeeping with regard to our podcast sure sure yeah um what would it mean if you tried to windex a podcast I don't know. I mean, I, I guess know. that's like metaphorically, that's what we're attempting to do here, which is to just kind of um, check in and talk about, I think, I don't know what episode this will be, but up in the 70s, I'm guessing maybe even even 80 when this gets released. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're coming up, like we're coming up on 100 episodes um, pretty quickly at the rate we're, we're publishing, um, <laughs> which is like two a week roughly we do so uh if you're just listening a long one and a short one a long one and a short one so typically our release cycle is mondays we release the long one which is about an hour usually a little bit over and then on thursday (laughs) we we just can't help ourselves (laughs) right yeah and then on thursdays (laughs) we try to have a short one which originally shorts were supposed to be five minutes um i think about that yeah i oh, think our, like a half hour long now. yeah i think our shortest one is maybe 15 minutes um we just recently recorded and will be <laughs> released uh you know shortly from the time of this recording i think we recorded the um the logical fallacies one mm-hmm. um oh no i think that's out uh as of this yeah the logical fallacies which just came out um a couple yesterday yeah so that one i believe is 15 minutes but or maybe even 10 but we cut that one short because we just we were wholly unprepared for the questions we were going to be asking each other and then as we (laughs) kind of like delved into it we were like okay well you get the idea we're gonna go we'll move on from this so yeah uh, in fact i do have another set of logical fallacies for another short that we could discuss yes and and we should do that because i think that one was great because afterwards then we did a lot more rigorous exploration of the topic and research and i think we'll be better prepared to give a better view of it or a little bit better discussion um yeah so uh anyway uh housekeeping 
There's cat hair on my microphone. How's that for housekeeping? <laughs> That's good. That's good. Get those get those cat hairs cleaned up. Um, let's see. So we have a book. book com- we got a book coming, coming out. out. So I spoke with Chris, who's been on this podcast a few times, but I'm going to try and rope him in again. I think we need to start having more guests of the realm. The COVID mm-hmm. has uh, put a big damper on that because it's harder. Before, we would just all kind of congregate in my in the little studio we had set up in my spare room. Um, and that made it right. very easy, but now coordinating over the internet and everything means that our guests need to have at least a decent microphone, which most people don't just have handy. Um, right. They're expensive and everybody else who wanted to do a podcast already bought them all. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, no complaints. I think everybody should explore their, their creativity as we've talked about in the past, um, which is awesome. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, we uh, we definitely need to we need to look into that. We need to kind of maybe get we could have people call in. It's not terrible listening to people on the phone. It just depends on the quality. Um, there's okay. So book we've got uh, more podcasts coming up. So as of listening to this, we've got a bunch of new topics hopefully coming up in the near future. Um, We've got a long, 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 long list of ideas. We probably have got more in the dumbest dystopia series to do. Yeah, um, I think so. Because um, a friend of mine, so you've got your friend who's yes. uh, interested in the topic and has strong opinions. And yes. I also have a friend who said that after listening to the dystopia podcast that we've released so far, yeah. it was clear to her that we had only referenced or only were familiar with men who wrote sci-fi and dystopic novels and yeah. so she has some other things that she thinks are noteworthy and i'm seeing her later this evening oh can you get a i would love to get a book list or something because I, I i've been reading i read um a more modern uh woman sci-fi writer uh and i want to look her up because i don't want to get it wrong it was called um well, so the classic uh, Octavia E. Butler, I've read some of her work, um, which she's a great novelist. Uh, but there was some, it's a very recent Ursula, Ursula K. Le Guin. Um, yes. Anne McCaffrey, I've read, I've read her a bit. These aren't necessarily dystopian authors. These are just sort of um, science fiction. There's, Oh man, there's a good one. Man, what did I? I just read. She wrote some novels. I can't believe I can't think of it. I read them a couple years. Atwood. Yep. Um, Let's see. Here we go. Uh, No, I don't know. I'm. I feel like I'm. Well, yes. uh, Sarah will have suggestions, and I will. Yeah, get get the bonfire. Yeah, please do. and then we can see i'll ask her not only for authors but also her opinions about you know the set or the other thing we i suppose we might be able to get her looped in for a guest spot at some point too that would be fantastic as well Yeah. yeah um so yeah there's that there's what else what else are we working on uh at some point we have like a little offshoot thing that we 
we started working on, like, I think kind of even before we started working on the podcast, which is uh, like growing food indoors. And so yes. I'm going to be starting on that soon. Oh, I, um, I found the author. It, uh, her okay. name is Anne Leckie. She wrote Ancillary oh. Justice. And that's actually like a whole series that was very good. Um, anyway. Okay. Yeah. So growing food indoors, which you're starting on, which is great. Um, yes. That but also be- maybe we should just do an entire podcast about like women authors who write about dystopias. I, yes. That's what I was. And I'd like to read at least one of them. Um, yeah. Or at I've least got have one a of Ursula K. Le Guin's novels because our friend Sarah sent it to us. Oh, great. Um, yeah, she's a, she writes some pretty interesting ideas, which I've, I've appreciated in the past. The ancillary justice, um, was a cool book because they do, um, she writes where all gender, so all, all pronouns are feminine in the Mm. book. And that's, um, and it's great. Like she has a good way of introducing it. It's just sort of like the social norm is that that just everybody just refers to each other with feminine pronouns and that's the end of it. Um, and it's cool. It's, it's actually pretty good. Cause as you read through it, it starts to just disappear into the background and not be that like critical. And then also yeah. it's nice because you stop thinking about the characters in any gendered way anyway, because most of them are sort of like these, it's kind of this far future sort of empire anyway, like sort of, you know, um, anyway, galactic fantasy yeah. sort of sci-fi romp fun thing. But, um, yeah. Anyway, so she has some some pretty good books. I it she it's it's well written as well, which is one of the nice things. Sometimes you read books cool. that are like, you know, yes, the idea is fresh and interesting and it's kind of jarring in a pleasant way or, you know, difficult way or whatever, but then the actual writing isn't that great and so it's just kind of you know, let down a little bit, but there, but her writing is is great. Okay. So, um Yeah. Yeah, but from a housekeeping point of view, uh I think um our listenership has been going up kind of steadily according to the analytics that I have, which we don't do a lot of aggressive tracking. So we just kind of follow what, um, you know, if you're listening on, yeah, if you're listening on one of the other platforms besides like directly from our feed. So if you're listening on, um, like Spotify or iTunes or, uh, the Google play platform, which is now I think Google podcast, and yep. it's like podcast.google.com i think yeah and then there's yeah. stitcher and a couple of other ones if you're listening on there then i i try to keep track of their analytics a little bit they have more involved analytics they definitely track more of your information than than mm. we do if you listen to our podcast directly from the feed then the only information we track is that um i believe the analytics or the analytical or the anal- the analysis of your your sort of interaction with my server is i basically i think it basically just determines if you are a different user than someone else and then it basically just ticks a counter up saying you did a thing like for instance i would know that some unique user showed up and viewed a page or some unique user showed up and like listened to a podcast and that's it and so that's because that's the only analytics i'm really interested in is seeing if people are listening at all um yeah if people have opinions i don't need to know anything about you other than what you think and so you can just email us um yeah and so if you or you can you know get a hold of us on social media if we're using that at the time which currently i think we're using twitter which is at fcbm underscore io and we're uh and then mostly we're directing email i think to dana our amazing executive assistant 
And that is Dana, D-A-N-A, at fcbm.io. Yeah. But if you go to our website, fcbm.io, you can you can find all this contact information really easily. Um, or very difficultly, depending on your experience of using the internet and what you what right. you think is the correct way to be doing that. Um, <laughs> this may be challenging for you. We don't know because yeah. we don't know who you are. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And we don't know what you think unless you tell us. So um, anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of... I'm painting my porch today. <laughs> Speaking, just get, get right back to house stuff. Um <laughs> I was thinking about uh, maybe we should call this podcast like domestic dispute. Um, <laughs> like it's it's no, it's, it's been waxing very domestic like the entire time. Um, like I was thinking about because I can't get housekeeping out of my head. No, I know me neither. Like I was just thinking about my own situation and how um, like for some reason I've been really into cocktails lately. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay. And I. Well, so I've been watching uh, this this YouTube channel called How to Drink, and it's got this guy Greg on it, and I find him um, I find him pretty hilarious and entertaining, and a, like very it's it's funny to me his his vibe of his channel. I would describe it as a mixture of that early amateur YouTube with the gloss and veneer of like high production. So like, I'm pretty sure they rent some studio space and some equipment and film like most of their episodes, like all in one day. And so he has this, um, not every episode's the same, but typically the filming is like, he's sitting in a bar, like, or he's standing at a bar that he's, that's a set bar. So it's like in a studio with a bar and then he's got like the backdrop and it's all very well decorated. And it's, it's, it's very per- like, it's great. Cause it's got a lot of kitsch stuff going on and, and it, yeah. it's got the right vibe. And then he just kind of stands behind the bar and then talks about the cocktail he's making. And, and um, he's not, he has no experience with actually being a bartender or working in a bar in any way, but he is very super. Yeah. But he's like us, like he's into things and then he reads about them and then does a lot of research and then attempts to kind of recreate that. Right. And then he does these, um, and then he tastes the cocktail and then gives his own impressions. And I find it all very, I, I really appreciate all of his methodology. I appreciate his very candidness about it. I appreciate his level of humor, which is kind of, um, pretty great like it it tickles me just the right way so anyway so i've been watching a lot of this show the cocktails (laughs) thing so i've been really into cocktails lately and so i've been watching him and then kind of um making so i have happy hour on thursday nights with my other friends Mm -hmm. Um, other friends with my other friends uh (laughs) i call them the everybody sometimes because it's basically just like like people you know like chris and and these other people that you know and um but they live here in San Diego. And so we, we get on the, um, on the zoom and then we all basically like, you know, have drinks. Right. And so uh-huh. I've just been into, cause I'm not really a heavy drinker. And so I'm not drinking to get drunk. So for me, it's like, if I, I don't know, I kind of get into the cocktail thing. So I've been having like, well, yeah, you, they have, if you're not like getting, if you're not drinking in order to just like become inebriated, yeah. then you have to have something that tastes good. Otherwise, it's awful. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I most most alcohol tastes fucking terrible. <laughs> right, right. So I've really been appreciating the cocktail thing and yeah. going down this sort of like flavor adventure of um, tasting alcohols in different ways. And like, mm-hmm. um, I've been really into sours lately. So sours 
um, like a whiskey sour is typically like some amount of whiskey, um, some lemon and or lime juice and, uh, and an egg white and then some bitters on top. And, um, and it's amazing how good that actually tastes, which has just been really kind of fun, um, to try. So I, that kind of got me into like trying other things and I've, I've just been kind of doing that lately. But the reason I bring this up is I was just thinking of domestic things and how my grandmother was like that classic, like fifties housewife that was, um, she really liked to entertain. And so, yeah, everything around that, like the dishes, the dishware, the kind of glasses, the cocktails you were having that evening, um, where things were placed there's an art to it like how the room is arranged like when the guests are supposed to arrive when they're supposed to leave what they're supposed to wear um like everybody has a role to play and it is this weird kind of um it's this weird kind of play in your house right that like people show up to and and are expected to participate and and you're kind of if you didn't dress right you're so sort of socially shamed a little bit and you know all of the things like sometimes you're invited for who you are sometimes you're invited because you're you know expected to show up like my grandmother is the kind of person who would invite you and tell you what to wear and i don't mean like i don't mean she'd say hey it's kind of formal she'd be like you need to wear that blue shirt that you have with this tie that i got you you know that kind yeah, of she's like, like she's like a party choreographer and shit yeah yes yeah um so i the reason i think of this is just because i i in making cocktails um a cocktail shaker is something that is a a wonderful extra like you don't need it you can get away with a lot of things but um having recently been employed i splurged on a 15 dollar cocktail shaker and um I've been enjoying that. (laughs) And then it made me think of my grandmother who would probably have. So I purchased. She'd probably uh, be like, you didn't already have a cocktail shaker. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So the cocktail shaker I purchased was a, um, it's like called the Boston style, which is basically two cups that fit together as opposed to the, I forget what the other kind is called, but the more classic, like French, like it has like, there's a, a big hat on it. Yeah, there's a big cup and then there's like a sort of funny hat shaped thing plus a little shot that's the little shot glass that fits on top of that, right? Right. And right. um and so that that's what my grandmother would want because f- like form over function, right? Like things need to look appropriate and oh, look the part. Um and so she would That's why yeah. I'm telling you to wear that blue dress. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> won't you feel stupid if you show up in something other than that blue dress and it doesn't match with what everybody else was smart enough to wear yeah and i i think the sad thing is that um i would have i think if i'd been older when when she was still much more ambulatory before kind of her like final years like i think i think we would have i would have appreciated that about her more like I would have uh-huh. been able to be more participatory, but when that was still like at the tail end of when she was still kind of doing that, um, I was, you know, like five and six. And so, you know, she kind of like, she made me a suit. It was the most uncomfortable, itchy, disgusting <laughs> yeah. suit, but she liked to dress me in it all the time whenever she had an opportunity oh. to like, you know, it was just, but I was too that young, right. Of, to like have a choice. Yeah. So that reminds me of the, um, the Christmas story where he like Ralphie has to yes. wear the fucking pink bunny suit and his dad's like, he looks like a pink knight. 
nightmare. Yes. Let him take it off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was yours made out of like scratchy wool or oh, like it was like was polyester the... or something? You know, oh, it was just God. like it was just awful. Um, was it a leisure suit? No, it was like a little. It was a little suit. Um, it had a jacket and shorts, and then I had like a white shirt with a little red tie. I think, and it was like oh that. My God. It was that sort of heathered gray suit material. Yeah, that's not really heather. It's like sort of a little bit stripy, maybe or something. That's kind of yeah, what I remember like in my mind. Bone? Yeah, some bone? maybe yeah. it was. Yeah, I mean that would be probably right. Um, and some, some something like that. And it was. Uh, it was just. Yeah, herringbone. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. <laughs> um, it was just. Oh God. Um. Yeah, that like sort of gray gray herringbone weave kind of thing yeah and it was probably all plastic or you know some faux like it might have been rayon which would be about as close as you can get to natural um right without actually being natural it's like anyway (laughs) yeah it's like a natural fiber that's put through a totally synthetic process (laughs) right right and it's also like uh lyocell and modal which are like the brand names of um like well lyocell and and modal are i think both made out of wood fiber yeah Um, yeah so i love them both there yeah so that that um for a little while there was like kind of a little controversy that i don't think people realized which was speaking of domestic things bed sheets um yeah oh yes you could get for a while it was pretty there were a lot of you could get bamboo bed sheets right they were marketed as bamboo bed sheets and now they kind of went away because the problem was is that they were they were covering up the fact that they were actually rayon sourced from bamboo and so Uh, rayon is just like a it's a it's a fiber that is um produced from natural naturally grown cellulose but it's processed to you know and it uh, they were great. I remember the ones that I had. They were really great. They were very soft and, and wonderful. But um, yeah, the issue was more, I think, that they were, uh, they the marketing on them just kind of fucked themselves rather than just being up front and being like, hey, this is, you know, bamboo rayon. Here we go. They're great. Like, Try them out. Yeah, I don't know why that's a problem. Like when yeah. I, I owned some of those sheets, they were delightful. Yeah, me they too. They were for a full size bed and I since upgraded to a queen size bed and so I don't have those sheets anymore. But they were wonderful and I think even Ikea had some that were bamboo rayon. I don't know why that's such a problem. Like why were I, people so confused about that? I can't remember. Well, it wasn't people weren't confused about it. It was the people selling them that were covering it up and not but allowing... Like, like I mean, did they just say they were? Ma- what were they saying? They were I'm just sorry. saying were they, they were saying bamboo they were- fiber. They were just bamboo fiber bed sheets, or you but know. that's not a lie. No, but um, it's it's also not true because rayon is a very it's it's a hev- it's a chemically heavy. The marketing was that they were these like all natural things, and they weren't. They were heavily. They were yes. heavily processed um and just because your natural source of cellulose is natural but then you know the fifteen thousand gallons of you know industrial chemicals that you use to process them and turn them into rayon is not um right and that was i think a big part of it so i'm not sure i can understand that i mean i like i I, to be fair, I, totally I, I'm that. I'm working from memory, and I read about this a long time ago because I remember when my bamboo sheets were finally wearing out. I was like, "Oh, I'd like to get more of those," and I couldn't find them. And then yeah. the ones I could find were very expensive. And the more I read about it, it seemed like there was something going on there. And then I, 
you know, got distracted and did something else. But um, so, you know, I could be totally bullshit. Please, by all means, go look this up yourself. I'll bet you half of my wardrobe, if not more than half of my wardrobe, is made out of rayon. Yeah. And the other half is made out of like cotton or organic cotton. And then there's like a slim, like maybe 5% of the stuff I own is either some form of like fully synthetic material like polyester because it's built into another like i never buy polyester clothes but sometimes the clothes i buy have like a polyester liner or some dumb like like additional piece yeah or something like that if i can remove it from the garment i totally will but otherwise i just avoid buying polyester i don't want to i like things that started out natural and end up natural like cotton or rayon because I don't like the feel of fully synthetic fabrics and when you wash them they break down into microplastics and they're like all over the fucking food chain yeah so I don't even like to have that in my house mm-hmm. yeah like, no I, yeah. I have microfiber for cleaning speaking of housekeeping yeah but like <clears throat> mostly because it's a really effective way of cleaning and sanitizing things without using a ton of chemicals because the actual structure, you have to make sure that you get the right ones. It's not just every microfiber f- towel, yeah. but there are some that you can get where the individual strands of fibers mm-hmm. have a really unusual microscopic shape where they look like an extruded snowflake. Uh-huh. And so when you wipe them across a surface, very, very like micron measurement, small particles of dust and bacteria and viruses and all sorts of things actually get trapped in the fibers of the thing. Oh, so the fibers are kind of high surface area fibers, each one. Yes. Right. And so not all microfibers are like this, mm. but Home Depot and I'm sure many other places do sell a large package of them. They're in like the industrial cleaning section because yeah. the hospitals use these a lot of the time. Right. Stuff like that. And so you basically don't even have to use something like a sanitizing spray or bleach, even though you can. Yeah. But using the towels alone with water will trap so many viruses and bacteria that you just put it straight in the laundry and the and the enzymes in your laundry detergent kill all that stuff. And then you have a clean towel afterwards. Unless you live in, in England where uh, people are afraid of enzymes and so their laundry detergent does not have enzymes in it. What? Yeah. When I lived there, I mean, I don't know if this is still true, but when I lived there, I could not find any laundry detergent that had any enzymes in it whatsoever. Is it outlawed? No, it's just that it's, it's kind of like, um, taboo. Yeah. It's just people, you know, there was just sort of a marketing campaign against it where people are like, Oh my God, like enzymes are bad for you. And so then, um, or people thought they were allergic to them when in fact Mm. people were allergic to all the other things that they put in the, um, In in the detergent. And so I remember having conversations with people, and they were just like, oh, yeah, that's common knowledge. It's terrible for you. I can't believe like your entire nation uses enzymes in their cleaning solutions. And I was like, are you kidding? Wow. It's super effective. Have you seen how much better it works? And it was right? true. I was like, God, like my clothes just don't get very clean. Oh, because there's no enzymes. Yeah, I think in the end, I like I ordered some off of Amazon or something. I found some and I was like, are you uh-huh. fucking kidding me? This shit works so amazing. And it's not they're not. I mean, they're just sort of plant derived enzymes. They're just. Anyway, they're usually, I mean, part of the thing is like enzymes, typically the enzymes in uh, clothing detergents are heat activated. Like they need the water to be a certain temperature. So if you do a cold wash, yeah. So a lot of times if you do a cold wash, then it won't, the enzyme action won't be as effective. 
Um, oh, or I didn't even, know that. Yeah, it's... I believe you, but that totally contradicts some other stuff that I heard, which is to say that, like, washing your clothes in hot versus cold water makes no difference, and you're just wasting energy if you use hot water. Um, uh, yes, if you don't have... No, that's just not true as far as i can tell because the so as you raise the temperature you raise the ambient energy available for right so the chemical reaction if you're doing a chemical if there's any chemical reaction that's happening in the cleaning action then raising the temperature is going to accelerate that typically there are very like so and that's the same and that's definitely the case with the enzymes right so raising the temperature do warm so do i need to do warm or should i do hot i think um I now I can't really speak from experience. I, I can only say what you should do is read about the laundry detergent that you like, read yep. about the enzymes that are in it, and read about the optimal temperature. And then okay. your washing machine, the warm might be plenty hot, or the warm might not be hot enough, and okay. go from there. I find um, I I typically do warm washes. I think just because yeah, it's it's not as it's not as expensive to run like pouring boiling water into a you know like five gallons of boiling water into the washing machine every time i do a load of laundry gets expensive um especially when i could use that water for a bath which is what i'd rather be doing yes exactly that's what i was thinking because i take like very luxurious baths yeah and so like i got this giant water heater in this giant bathtub in my house and i have plenty of water to do the laundry but i was like well i already use a lot of hot water for bathing and so i don't really want to use it here if i don't have to yeah um i definitely yeah. want to qualify everything that i've been saying with the the idea that like please look this up for yourself and if you find contradictory evidence to what i'm saying i'd love to hear about it because i'm just speaking from memory from the last time i read about it and these things oh, change yeah. as evidence comes up and <clears throat> as we all know lots of people have different sort of motivations for why they're they're putting their propaganda forward and it's i try not to be someone who's susceptible to that but it's very possible that someone you know the article i wrote i read about this that convinced me was actually a bullshit marketing thing about someone trying to sell some natural thing or whatever that anyway for real there there is no clearer example of bullshit marketing than standing in an aisle with a bunch of plastic containers all full of dishwasher or like laundry detergent uh, yeah laundry detergent and knowing that they're all essentially the same except for the fact that they try to differentiate themselves from one another by putting dye or this fragrance or making the bottle this shape and color or like getting different patents because their chemical thing is like one nitrogen off from another person's identical fucking thing it's all just a scam (laughs) they have to spend all this money on marketing because there's nothing remarkable or remarkably different about any of this from the next one from the next one from the next one from the next one and so the only way they have to make you buy this shit is to convince you that there's something special about theirs and it's all made up the only difference that i can really see is whether or not you get the free and clear stuff like i cannot handle a lot of the stuff that goes into regular laundry detergent that makes your clothes smell a certain way and i've been i've been stuck on all free and clear for like ages because it's one of the only things that doesn't break my skin out in some insane rash and i look like a like a like i can't go out in public yeah 
Yeah, that's... And that's fine. I don't mind using it. Like, I think it's fine laundry detergent. But, like, the if you read the backs of those things, they're yeah. all... The, it's the same shit, except one's purple and one's, like, blue. And this one's like, oh, this is for use on your dark-colored clothing. And you're like, okay, I guess I'll buy an extra bottle. Like, it's all meaningless. It's pointless. Oh, so I... Yeah, speaking of pointless... And wash machines are terrible for your clothes. <laughs> right. So, um... <laughs> I I want to make a I stand corrected. So the last time I read about this, having a higher temperature was important. Um, according to Wikipedia and a lot of these sources, the enzyme there was a move to use enzymes that no longer require the use of high temperatures, and so it seems to me that um, so according to new standards, laundry laundry enzymes must be able to function normally in a wide array of adverse conditions. Conditions. Water temperature is as high as 60 degrees Celsius or as low as zero degrees That's Celsius. Really high. So, yeah. Um, with acidic or alkaline environments with high ionic strength in the presence of surfactants and oxidizing agents. So, um, uh, let's so maybe see. hot water not as important anymore but yes. it all depends on which enzymes are in your particular thing yeah i would i would i my understanding is that a warmer temperature will help surfactants work um ah. but it seems to me that according to this um that the and current surfactants are things that take oils off of things yeah right? surfactants are soaps right um a soap is a kind of surfactant right like what the main action of a soap is that it, it binds with, uh, with nonpolar molecules and then like, like, well, like oils, right? Uh So oils and fats, surfactants are very good at, um, binding with oils and fats. And then because they add, because they have a a nonpolar head, that nonpolar head will bind really well with a fat or an oil, which is a very polar molecule. And then that fat or oil will then become water soluble. Whereas before water Uh, will not work. And so surfactants allow you to convert fats and oils into a more water soluble format, which then will rinse away. So, surfactants are super important if you have like say grease stains or otherwise have like oily stuff dirt and things like that are typically my understanding is that water is your best asset when you're washing clothes typically unless you have a lot of oily fat dirt or grime right so if you're if you have a lot of oil and fat in your clothes then you want a strong surfactant like soap Um, Mm -hmm. If you just have a lot of, say, more polar molecules like dirt and things like that that aren't necessarily staining and per per se, they're probably more just so like they're just like ground into the fabric than really water and time and agitation. Right. So mechanical movement is what's going to break up, get those particles out of the fibers. Um, you know, right. water is a good solvent. Float out, they they break up and they like bond with the the detergent in the water, and yep. then when you rinse it, those go away from the clothes because they've transferred their clinginess from your clothes to the the goop that you put in your wash machine with the clothes, and then the goop goes down the drain when you drain it and rinse it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I guess there's some. I mean, there's a lot more information here than I really gave away with. Um, what we're talking about laundry enzymes, but um, <laughs> there's, you know, there is some, I guess there's some evidence that it can be damaging to some kinds of fabrics over a long period of time, um, which 
again, I mean, so according to this, like there's some damage to genes, but before you kind of freak out about this, they, the variable was that they soaked genes in a concentration of the enzyme formula for 10 days at 40 degrees Celsius. So you're probably not doing that with your laundry. You're probably throwing it in the laundry and washing it. And, you know, an hour later, you're, you know, at most your genes are out and they probably weren't exposed to the enzyme for more than like 30 minutes. Cause usually there's a rinse cycle, et cetera. So anyway, uh, yes. yeah. Um, <coughs> that we did, we've done, I feel that's great. Yeah. So you got to buy, you got a chemistry lesson. I did. Yeah. I got a chemistry lesson. You gave us, I gave it. Yeah, yeah. Um, biochemistry even cause we're talking about enzymes. Woo! So yay. Um, you used your degree. I used my degree. Yes. So, uh, again, do your own research, um, but looks like I was wrong and now we've corrected that. So moving on (laughs) housekeeping, Um, domestic disputes. (laughs) I, I, I had a lot of work to do in the basement to clean it up. And then I cleaned up one half of it so far. And today I tackled, I was so mad about electoral politics this morning that I cleaned my laundry tubs. Whoa, that's Yeah. Yeah, that's And I realized that like the best exercise in the whole world is to get up at 7 a.m. because you're mad about what's on the Minneapolis like ballot Uh and then like run up and down two flights of stairs multiple times because you keep forgetting laundry that you need to add because you're so mad that you can't focus. Uh huh. And then you get laundry done too. And then you burn through like 500 sweaty calories by nine in the morning. That's fantastic. Anger and stairs, my friend. Anger and stairs. I was, um, running up and down my stairs this morning doing laundry as well and I, I that's funny now that you put that in that context i was just thinking about that that's it is a good it is anger and sweaty i was definitely angry and sweaty well i was angry <laughs> when i started and then i was sweaty and angry at the end of it although um <laughs> that's exactly my route too <laughs> yeah although then i got excited because i knew it was a podcast day so i, I got excited and then i kind of Yay. forgot about well i didn't forget <laughs> but i i was able to put down the the worry about uh, so, politics. Um, a mutual friend of ours um, helped me with a side project and did some graphic design. Cool for it, and we submitted um, a cool design to this company called Sticker Robot because uh-huh. Sticker Robot is the only company that we're aware of that will print stuff on the paper on the backing of a sticker. Oh. And we really, 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 really wanted that for reasons I won't get into. Uh-huh. But the company has let us down again. Like we have tried to order stickers through these people several times and we have failed every single time to complete an order with them. Oh, that's frustrating. Like <clears throat> we never even get to the point where we have stickers and we're like, well, this is not what we talked about. Like we never even get to the point of like, like you have to submit payment and then they send you a proof. And like we did all this stuff and put the order in and then they they sent us back a proof and we're like, no, that's wrong. <clears throat> Indicated what we wanted to change about it. And they said, great, we'll send you another proof. And that was like fucking days ago. Yeah. And we t- we told them like as of last week or the week before, 
um, when we started this whole process with them, it's been a week or two weeks. I lost count. They, they were like, oh, well, we can't guarantee that we'll get it to you by a certain date and the ship date and the printing date and the blah, 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 blah. We're like, okay, great. Just whatever. Like there's an actual physical event happening that we need these for. Yeah. And we need them to be delivered in hand by the 16th of October. And they were like, meh, 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 meh. and they never got us the second proof. And so this morning we sent them an email and we were like, cancel it. Just cancel everything. And they sent back an email. They're like, we're sorry you had trouble with your order. And we're like, our trouble is you. You are our problem. (laughs) You not being able to even get past the proof stage with us every fucking time we try to go through this with you Uh is the problem. Like, we don't have a problem. The problem is trying to buy stickers from you. So we're going to Sticker Mule instead, but that means we don't get the back printing. But Sticker Mule, if you guys ever need printing, sticker printing they print they print like custom tape for packaging they do coasters uh-huh. they do all kinds of shit they are so great so great so we're going with them instead but <coughs> that's great sticker robot handles sticker robot is supposedly like the preferred company um to get your stickers printed for i don't know some other certain events right yeah. and <coughs> i thought to myself well if one certain event that I know of uses Sticker Robot as their flagship sticker company, it's entirely possible that Sticker Robot is one of those people, and this is just their side company that they call a company with a capital C, but really it's just a lowercase c because the only stickers they actually print are for this particular event. Oh. And that is now my new suspicion. Oh, that makes sense. Sure, sure. Uh-huh. Like, oh, you guys aren't actually a real company. You're like... People who print stickers for these people over here, which makes you look really good and makes you sound like a company, but actually you're just like printing stickers for these people. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm never using Sticker Robot again, and you shouldn't either. You should use Sticker Mule instead. Good to know. How's that for housekeeping? That's some uh, <laughs> that's some guerrilla marketing right there. Is what that is. <laughs> God damn. We're sorry you're you're we're sorry you couldn't complete your order. Yeah. Really? Are you? Cuz you're not doing anything about it. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. So now we're going to have the new stickers in hand by October 5th with free shipping and they're like um everything you wanted except for the backing. Free shipping and like that's not even expedited shipping. Yeah, everything we wanted except the back printing, which at this point is like so irrelevant. It's like Yeah. It doesn't even matter. It's fine. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> God, we talk and talk and then I get like all flummy. Yeah, no, I know that's, I, so it's been weird. It's a that, hazard. So I'm in Southern California and we've had the worst air quality for a while now because of the fires. And I really feel for people who live in the center, like central areas of the state where it's just off the hook. Um, you know, our, our executive assistant Dana is in San Francisco area or Bay area. And she's had yeah. a really tough time with that. Um, it's it's hard right now over here um but yeah to doing that that is one of the drawbacks of doing the podcast especially the long ones if we get on a really like on a good tear i've definitely yeah. had moments at the end where i'm just like <laughs> where i think i think oh, i need to i need to learn to speak more gently with myself like use my use my vocal cords more softly or something um I need like Sudafed, I think. Oh, yeah. I this is also a weird allergy season for me. Um because yeah. we've had it's been so hot and dry for so long and then we get these weird bursts of wet. Um mm-hmm. wet is weird. So San Diego we get a marine layer occasionally and so when it happens, I think it just kicks off a lot of the allergy 
organisms like molds and mildews and things because it'll be really really dry for a while and then you'll just get this like little burst of water and then they'll all just like frantically like release their spores and their seeds and they just go and then right afterwards it's just like i'm dying for a couple days but um i have i think everybody in minnesota at some point just gets allergies because there's so much shit in the air here yeah yeah. and it's like mine always start in my sinuses and then it's like this perpetual slow leak down the back of my throat that makes me have it to keep clearing my throat and it's so fucking annoying god well so um i feel like we've we've at least made a good attempt a valiant effort at uh at housekeeping um what do you uh do we have a tip for living well in hell that we want to explore clean your house (laughs) right clean your house that's it i think that that's a um it's pretty great when when I, I like when i cleaned my house and i don't and once i get into it i enjoy it it's just that barrier of 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 transitioning from whatever i'm doing to the cleaning that's sometimes difficult yeah well, i think of it this way <clears throat> and i kind of borrowed this philosophy from a blog slash app called unfuck your habitat uh-huh um which is where the the make your bed thing comes from yes yeah so when you get up in the morning, you should make your bed because <clears throat> it's the first thing that you can do to complete a task and it prepares you for other things. Like, I cannot overstate the value of making your bed in the morning mm-hmm. as a psychological tool and not so much like a cleaning your house tool. Right. So right. make your bed. That way, <clears throat> if you need to do other things in the room where your bed is, you've got a clean surface to put them on. Yeah. So you can set like, for instance, right now on my made bed, which I made as soon as I got up. Yeah. I have a pile of clean laundry and it can sit there until that laundry gets folded because it's not going to be used until bedtime. The bed isn't going to be used again. The laundry doesn't need to be worn immediately. Like I can take my time. I can also continue to straighten up and clean other things in the room around the bed. I can move on with my day and not do any of that stuff. But at <clears throat> at 7 a.m., I've already accomplished a task that like prepares me to do other tasks for the day and prepares my bed to be nice when I get into it later. Um, and you can like think about this as <clears throat> like a self-care thing. Like I know that's like a hot topic right now. Self-care, self-care, self-care. Everything is self-care. Right. It's not. Yeah. Um, but making your bed definitely is. And so making your bed and cleaning your house is like, if you go to other people's houses, you want them to clean and like have a place for you to sit down and be respectful before you get there. And you can be respectful of that space in return. And it's a, you know, a thing that we do for each other to afford each other some dignity as humans. And you deserve that for yourself as much as you deserve it for other people. If you're the type of person who frantically cleans their house before someone gets there um just think about doing that for yourself without somebody else having to be the reason that you clean your house and let it be because you want to have a dignified life and you fucking deserve that you deserve a nice space to live in and you can get that for yourself it doesn't you don't have to have fancy things most of my belongings are pretty inexpensive right i just take really good care of them <clears throat> because i deserve a nice house to live in and i i can get that for myself and you can too it doesn't house can be substituted with any living space i'm not a class warrior here yeah yeah i mean uh i've lived in some pretty in many ways the the smaller and more lower end 
my housing situation, the more likely I am to um, spruce it up. And I've been happier in many ways. Um, like I lived in a house in Hawaii that was a, a tiny little cane shack and I had very, very mm-hmm. little space. Um, and I was pretty content with that, to be honest. Like my day-to-day living was great because I just didn't have, um, I, you know, the space I had, I very much respected and appreciated as well. And, you know, it was, I don't know. Anyway. It, yeah. I also think like if you have a space that is so large that you can't keep it clean when you try to, then you probably, that's an indicator that you have too much stuff to manage it within the space of your life, which may be an indicator that you might be happier if you downsized a little bit because that, that feeling consciously or unconsciously subconsciously is one of when you can't manage your space your shit's out of control right right yeah and that's kind of um that it's it's amazing when you start to make inroads on that when you start to like deconstruct the stuff that you have around you it's been a huge change for me um and i'm still in the middle of doing that but it's been going pretty well so yeah yeah you're doing great buddy thanks Um, I also, I just thought of, uh, the kind of final thing of quote unquote housekeeping air quotes around the, uh, the podcast was that, um, so we are, a we've, we've self-elected to be in the art and design category of podcast, which is how, uh-huh. it, which I, it's funny to me because it occurred to me that probably most people who are listening to this podcast did not find it by say, browsing through uh itunes or on spotify or on stitcher or any of the other right sort of aggregators of podcasts so in many ways the the category doesn't really matter because i don't think people are finding us by category um right <clears throat> and so then how did you find us tell us in an email <laughs> that would be awesome yeah if you are listening to this I, we would love to hear how you heard about the podcast and what you think about it um yeah, and that email again, you can just honestly you can write anything at fcbm.io and we will get it eventually. So if you want yeah, to just like be like, like assholes poop, at <laughs> poop assholes at <laughs> yeah. poop faces at those assholes at fcbm.io. Um mm-hmm. but definitely if you send it to Dana, D A N A at fcbm.io, she'll she'll be able to get it forwarded to the proper people um in right. our massive organization of three. Yeah. <laughs> We we're starting off with um, a better than average amount of bureaucracy here. Yes, yes, absolutely. I I will say, um, yeah. When you send it, probably what you'll do is you'll get another email back asking for validation of who you are. There'll be several forms we'll need you to fill out. Um, <laughs> probably what the best way would be to print those out, sign them, scan them back in, and then email them back to us. And then that way, Dana will know that you're a real person, and then right. you can get the and then and then she'll forward your question on to us, and then eventually we'll get to it and put it on the podcast. Um, that's absolutely <laughs> true. I that's definitely the way that's going to go. Yep. 100%. Sometimes I worry that that I say things like that thinking they're hilarious and someone on the other end is just like, "Oh, forget it. I'm not doing that." I <laughs> I um, take you seriously. Yeah, I I one of the one of my friends who I I play D&D with occasionally. Uh it came up and he's like, "Oh, you have a podcast?" I was like, "Yeah, I, you know, I've been doing it for a while and I uh, he's like, oh, send me the link. And I sent him a link. And then his immediate response was, too many beeps, not listening. 
because he just didn't get through the even the intro because oh, we yeah. have that just like that bp arpeggiator thing going on in the beginning <laughs> which i've actually that's another thing um housekeeping i thought about maybe we should uh do a new intro um okay you know we've like we're coming up on a year and so we could just kind of mark that as a um you know as as a end of a season i don't know i mean how many episodes in a season we do have a different intro for the for the shorts um do we have to do seasons i kind of hate that idea. oh fuck no god no okay. i don't know no we don't have to do any of that and we in fact we're not it's not seasonal it's just our episode counter number is literally by date so we don't have like a lot of a lot of podcasts they just start at one and then they just keep mm-hmm. going which probably in hindsight we should have done but we oh well um uh, instead our podcast episode numbers are literally the date of the release so i think that's better for so many reasons i think so too i think um i think that's fine because then if you look at the podcast number you know exactly when it was you know the day it was released um yeah what you don't know is what episode number it is but you know whatever um i don't think that matters so much the other thing i've been thinking about uh other podcasts seem to at some point when they have a really large collection and i don't know what i don't know what number it is they start to archive their catalog so they only so that that episodes that are publicly available or easily available through like the the listing services like itunes and stuff are shortened so mm-hmm. um we're not there yet but probably next year we will be in the realm where we need to start considering how to either take down some episodes or move them to an archive or something where other you know people can still access them but they're not listed on the normal podcasting listing services um i'm not exactly sure how that works but we will need to be thinking about that at some point oh boy because i when we first started this um i didn't realize like how how much we would be into talking to each other over microphones <laughs> and how little we would give a shit about whether people are listening or not which meant that right. which means that um there will be a lot of episodes probably indefinitely going into the future uh because we don't this is such a now that we've invested in the equipment and things there's really very little overhead um so yeah i don't know anyway yeah um there's a little insight into our world and again uh, we'd love people to participate in it and the starting point for that currently is email but in the future we may have other other ways um yeah i guess one exciting thing i we kind of talked about this before we could um i thought about you know with everything that's going on making our podcast available as a platform if people had messages that they wanted to get out, but they're not looking to create their own podcast. Um, We'd also talked about maybe just being supportive of people who wanted to produce their own podcast, but weren't at all technically minded or familiar with what it takes. Um, If that's you, if you're kind of, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, I I actually have a lot of things I want to say about, you know, current political climate or, you know, social issues or anything like that. Um, uh, by all means, at least send us an email and we can start there. Um, and then also, I, as I was saying, like offering this, not in the sense of like, we're going to make money, um, at least not, you know, if you're a big corporation, then you should pay for it. Right. I mean, you can afford it and you probably won't be looking at us anyway, but if you're someone like who's sitting in their bedroom, listening to this and thinking, man, I have a lot of stuff I, I need to say about this, or, you know, maybe you've, 
been doing work elsewhere and you just don't have the time to devote to doing all of the overhead that it takes to even produce a podcast, like we should talk because it's something that we've kind of gotten dialed in pretty well. Um, and I think we could at least give people pointers, if not also help them get started with that and support them a little yeah. bit. So I don't know. It's just something I've been thinking about, um, especially with the black lives movement still going on. And, you know, and then I thought more about, um, you know, the me too movement, like just kind of in the background always, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, we're an arts and design podcast, but I think we do a fair amount of storytelling too. So if you have like stories or lived experiences that you want to share, we can, we yeah, can make room for that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we can make room for it right on the podcast. Um, and we, are it, it's not very exploitive on our end because we don't, it, this is a non-commercialized podcast. So we're not looking to, right. uh, you know, any listeners that happen to exist are not people that we're, we're not exploiting our listener base for monetary gain. Um, right. But more importantly, my idea was like, you know, or if you want to start your own and you're interested in doing that, like we can help you get off the ground and maybe you can yes. try it out. You can come on our podcast and you can try it and you can, you know, record your voice here and we can see how it goes. And if people like it, we can do um, we can start you on your own journey down that path. Like there's lots of things we can offer. Um, right. And, you know, we can just talk about it and see what you think. So. Uh, I don't know. That was kind of but something. Before then, clean your house and make yeah, your bed. Before then, clean your house, make your bed. Yeah. So if any of those things are interesting to you, uh, email Dana and she will get you, again, Dana at fcbm.io. And she'll get you started um, or she'll get you in touch with me or with Meg or with herself and we'll we'll get you. Woo-woo. We'll, we'll listen to what you have to say and then we'll see what we can do to help you amplify or get your voice out there or, you know, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Or right. whatever art thing you want to do. Art. Creative. You want to talk about personal products you're doing or pro- projects or whatever. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that's all I have to say. That's all we've got for housekeeping. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Okay. Bye.